It must be a full moon because it's time for another episode of the Shifter Central Podcast, a podcast about paranormal romance books filled with shifters, vampires, witches, wizards, ghosts, and fairies, or whatever else fills the supernatural world. Shifter Central is a private community for both readers and authors of paranormal romance, and this is our podcast. I'm Jules Crisser, a paranormal romance author of Sassy Shifter Stories and the founder of Shifter Central. Today I'm talking about sensitive content in novels, world building and paranormal romance, and what happens when our books play out in the real world. This episode is recorded from a live stream, so expect some hemming and hawing, and odd asides every now and then. What was supposed to be a commentary on the state of paranormal romance and why world building is integral to PNR turned into me getting on a soapbox. What a surprise. To be sure this podcast is as safe a space as we can make it, we try to include content warnings. This episode discusses sensitive content, including the concept of slavery, dark themes such as rape, death, eating disorders, and post-traumatic stress disorder. Really, there's only about 10 minutes of content that I would deem as safe, and I'm using air quotes around safe, and that doesn't start until around the 20-minute mark. For most listeners, the content should be okay, as it's more of a critical discussion, but I do want everyone to be aware that there is some content that could be triggering. So with all that said, let's get this episode started. So hi, Shifter Central. I know I'm late, and I wanted to apologize for that. Two things. One, I couldn't find my mic. I have it. It's right next to me. I'll show it to you so you can all see it. This is my mic. Um, but also, I so I was part of a discussion today. It was it was a weird discussion, and I wanted to bring it up. And I'm you know when you're looking at yourself in the camera and you can see like oh I got a little eyeliner going on there. So what I wanted to talk about is I asked some authors. First of all, I got to step back a lot, so forgive me for that. So we're going to step back to, um, oh, hi, Cassandra. Just saw you. Hi, I'm waving to you. There is a new publishing platform called Later Press, and it's a serial platform, and the owner is fabulous. He has a Discord channel that we all hang out in. There's a craft section, a writing craft section, and I posed a question to the participants in the chat and it was it's a sensitive subject and I understand that and I was trying to gauge what would be the best approach and how to handle the sensitive subject and to talk about it a little bit more I want to give the warning I'm talking about very sensitive subject matter so if I'm talking about slavery not well, I am in some way discussing antebellum slavery, but slavery as a caste. Then I'm also going to be discussing other things such as rape, whether it happens on the page or off the page. What's the other one? Oh, crucifixion and castration. So pretty much if this is a sensitive subject to you, if you even have the slightest... You don't want to go into any dark levels 
hit pause or fast forward to, and I will put in a time code when I post this about when I go back to start talking about what I originally planned on talking about, which is world building in paranormal romance. But let's go back to this question that I posed. So I'm going to be honest. I Before I wrote fiction, I delved into fan fiction. And who hasn't? Because fan fiction is fabulous. I don't care what anyone says. Fan fiction is fabulous. And I wrote a fan fiction that was Fallout-based, which is a video game, because there's a character whose voice will make your panties melt. Hand to God, he's the worst character, most evil character, but his voice is amazing. So you put all that aside because you want his voice. I ended up writing this fiction based on, loosely, loosely based on this world, which was this post-apocalyptic world. In their world, it's a nuclear ending. In my world, it is a virus. Keeping in mind, this was written pre-corona. The main characters are not good. They are not good. They are not someone you idealize as being, mm, you You hope, you would hope that they don't have the morals of the majority of the people. But what they do have are strong ethics and this concept that the world is so bad right now that sometimes you have to do bad things to ensure the good of future, the, the world will exist for future generations to get the world back into some sort of civilization where women can travel and not worry about being raped, where there's no cannibalism, where there's no Lord of the Flies thing going on um, with children tribes, which I actually mentioned. And so my protagonists, and I use that term loosely because they are not, they're evil. They are evil in every sense of the way. But as one of the characters says, at least they're honest in their evilness. She uses the word evilosity. And that's what makes it okay, is that I know who I'm dealing with. I might not agree with them, and I might not like them all the time, but they're honest. They don't hide who they are. And whereas the heroes do hide who they are and do hide who where their, their darker sides because their belief is that, you know, they want power. They want power for power's sake, whereas the protagonists want power because they honestly believe that they can make the world better for future generations. They might not be there for it, but all the same. Anyway... This, these characters are based their society, their civilization on ancient Rome. And within ancient Rome, you had caste and you had, so you had servants, you had slaves, you had citizens. And if you were captured, you weren't a citizen. You just weren't. You were usually, some tribes were brought in as slaves. Some tribes were brought in simply as residents, but you weren't a citizen, right? So you didn't have voting rights. But you did have a bunch of other rights, including protection. So if anything happened to you, you can bet that the Roman legion red would be marching 
onto the tribe that came and tried to capture your village and kidnap your women or um, kidnap your children, rape your women, all that. There was some protection. So yes, you might not have had a lot of rights, but you had the protection and at least you knew you were going to live for another day. And then another interesting thing about Roman society and specifically slaves Well, I'm going to digress for a second because Romans have this great rule. Two things. One, marriage, both people, both parties had to want to be married. So if you didn't want to be married, you weren't married. The marriage wasn't valid. So there was no way to, if you were a citizen or a daughter of a citizen, yeah, arranged, probably not so well, but you couldn't be forced into a marriage it was more difficult to be forced into a marriage. The second rule is that if God help you, if you raised a hand to your wife, her her father or brothers would take you out and you would owe her a lot of money. So women had more protection. They might not have been full-on citizens, but they had a lot of protection going on. And then the third law, which kind of cracks me up, is that if a woman never got pregnant, it wasn't her fault. It was the man's fault because it was believed that you could not conceive without an orgasm. And if a woman wasn't having an orgasm, it wasn't her fault. It was his fault. How amazing is that? I just think that's fabulous. That's like my favorite digression about Roman society. But anyway, so slaves actually had skilled slaves had wages and they could eventually buy their way out of slavery. And on top of that, Even though, by definition, slavery, you would think you don't have agency, the slaves of ancient Rome actually had a lot more agency. Or they had a passive-aggressive agency. And so slavery is a huge cast part of of this novel. And I pose this question about, I realize it's going to be sensitive. In fact... I actually explain I'm not referencing antebellum slavery. I'm specifically referencing Roman slavery. It's not based on race. It's not based on anything except whether or not you're captured, basically a prisoner of war. You can earn your way out of it. And on top of that, then when you get into the agency side of things, there's also this concept of as a man, if you own slaves... And one of your slaves becomes pregnant and she claims it's your kid, you are responsible for that child. You are responsible for their education, you are responsible for their well-being, and you are expected to put that child, to raise that child as your own. You don't necessarily, they're not, they can't inherit, but they are definitely taken care of. And so you're they're expected to be given Um, a skill and trained in a skill and to live a life that is comparable to your own. So really, like I said, you wouldn't mind being a slave in ancient Rome. Yes, there are better options. I'm not trying to justify it, but at the same time, it's not antebellum slavery. And antebellum slavery is specific to the United States. So um, at the same time, you had slaves in Cuba and South America. In both of those situations, 
you could earn your way out. It was basically indentured servitude. You could earn your way out of slavery. And chances are that the conditions were so horrific that you would not live to earn your way out. But antebellum slavery, as most people know it in the U.S., no slavery in the U.S., is unique to the U.S. And it... When we talk about slavery, that seems to be the first thing that people come to think about, and they're not thinking about that there are so many other interpretations of it. So I brought this up in this writer craft room, and I'm really digressing. I brought this up in this writer's craft room, and people were giving me suggestions, and most of them were really like, okay, you need to find readers of color to read it and you're you're looking at it through one bias, which is true. I'm looking at it from a white privilege bias, historical bias, you know, the privilege of being able to say, well, I've studied this history and I understand this history and the society elsewhere. So I'm able to look at it that way and I understand that. And a lot of people suggested that I should find readers to to read it and and say, how bad is it? And I said, well, to be honest, the slavery aspect is minor compared to the fact that there is an actual crucifixion on scene, castration on scene, um, two rapes that happen off page, one rape that happens on page. It, it's not a light and fuzzy story at all. Um, and it's a love story, essentially. There are different loves one is a young love, one is an older love. There's a gay romance, and all these love stories intertwine. It's somebody said it's like the West Wing meets the end of the world, which is probably accurate because I really did rip off a lot of Aaron Sorkin. There's a lot of Aaron Sorkin-esque dialogue in the in the novel. And so these readers, other authors were giving me suggestions and how to handle it. And of course, you had the people saying, don't censor yourself. That's horrible, blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, well, I'm not really censoring myself. I'm more questioning how do I present it? I'm not saying I'm going to remove it. I'm saying how do I present this content as being a sensitive subject matter Understanding is a sub sensitive subject matter. It is not necessarily a reflection of my personal views, but it is true to the characters. And so we had this great, I was looking at all these responses and someone came in and was very upset that really it was even, that I was even considering keeping that content in the novel that, and I'm thinking to myself, well, okay, I get it. I get it. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to invalidate their claims and I'm not trying to invalidate the fact that it is a sensitive subject, that it will cause some people to become angry. But at the same time, for the first time, I actually understand the argument of we are self-censoring ourselves and that's not necessarily a good thing because I think we need to have these really upsetting not upsetting I think we need to have these difficult conversations but we've stopped being able to have these difficult conversations and like this goes back to what we were talking about with the whole bullying thing it's like if you're going to write a bully novel I'm going to be critical of it 
and I'm going to defend my right to be critical of it. If I publish this novel with slavery, rape on page, castration, crucifixion, I fully expect there to be criticisms for it, of it. And in fact, I will defend your right to be critical of it. But that doesn't mean that I need to rewrite it. Because it, in my mind, no one, no one in the entire, I'm not writing, there are multiple point of views in this novel and none of them come from the subjugated groups except for a few women and they have their own internal conflicts and their own discussions and it's 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 this weird novel it's more literary than it is genre fiction and i love it because it is this literary bent and it has this philosophical debates woven in throughout some really intense sex scenes, um, really intense murder scenes. But they kind of, and I don't want to say they justify them, but they explain them. They explain where everything comes in. And and so, yeah, so I, I totally digress, but I wanted to kind of talk about that because two things. One, if you're a reader of color and you're interested in reading this dark, dark novel with the understanding that it has a lot of super, super, it, it will cause triggering of some things, reach out to me, drop me an email, jules at jcrusader.com, and I will hook you up. Because I do want to, like, I know how I'm reading it and my interpretation of it is, and that is that I'm doing it more from a historian's perspective. And therefore, I've removed some of, I am not as sensitive to some of the comments that some of my characters have made. And so, like I said, if you're a reader of color and you are interested in reading this, drop me an email and I will get it to you. And it's really, I just, I need to know how, how bad it is or if it's not bad. If, 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 I've done what I've wanted to do, which was to bring up this idea that yeah, there are so many, so many interpretations and we shouldn't just, we need to look at the context and not just the content before we pass judgment. Okay, that done. So I'm going to make a little, um, this is my little warning so that I know to give the number cue, timing cue. And I'm trying to see, I'm going to, so I'm going to flip over. You're going to see my face still, but I'm going to flip over to audition, which is where I'm recording. So I'm about 20 minutes in and I wanted to go, sorry, right, so let's give them about 20, 20 minutes, give or take. Now on to the real stuff, the paranormal stuff. So I was reading a paranormal novel. And it's a big seller. I'm not going to mention any names on it because I'm going to go into a tirade, into a rant. One of the keys to paranormal romance is that there is world building. And it might take place in our world. So like Broken Peak Pack takes place in our world, but it doesn't. We know it's a world that's kind of parallel, living on top of, however you want to explain it. It's the same world, but it has a little bit different rules. 
And then it has shifters, vampires, wizards, witches, possibly a ghost. Not sure yet. Anyway, so we're talking about, I was reading this novel and I, I got really frustrated with it. I couldn't figure out why, because it's paranormal. It has everything I, I, I supposedly enjoy. And then I realized my issue. And, and this is a top seller, so obviously other readers are enjoying it, but it has no world building. The, the shifter could have just been any other alpha male, billionaire male, who's also um, in a motorcycle club. It was all, it was, <laughs> so this kind of, we were, writers talk, and one of us, at one point, I was in a community where we were talking about tropes and finding those right tropes that are underserved and, you know, how you can bring them all in. And, and somebody says, but you got to be really careful or all of a sudden you're going to have a billionaire werebear who's president of a motorcycle club and wearing a diaper. And it just, the whole... <laughs> comment shouldn't be as funny as it is because i shit you not this book is billionaire wolf shifter not werebear president of a motorcycle club who is not wearing a diaper it's basically all of those like i'm gonna pick every single thing and somehow they're missing out on the world building so it's not really a paranormal romance it's more a romance that just happen. the main character happens to shift into a wolf every now and then. There's no world building. And I was curious about when this started to happen. Because if you go back to, well, J.R. Ward. I mean, she is the godmother of paranormal romance. Her world is very, as much a character as her characters are. And I don't get any... Suggestion from reading her books that her characters could be anything except vampires. Or now she's getting into wolf shifters. You couldn't take those characters and transplant them into another, another romance book and have it succeed. And I'm noticing, like I said, this book that I bought and read that great reviews everything is great about it except there's no world building and i'm thinking about the time and effort i spend in world building and where i figure out rules i mean even twilight has rules the vampire sparkle there's a world that is built and it is integral to the paranormal romance and yet half the books i shouldn't say half that's not fair a lot of books that are available on amazon and on amazon's top charts have no world building whatsoever they're no different than any other billionaire alpha romance they just happen to have a character who shifts or is a vampire so that got me thinking and I started looking at some other books that were loosely tied to this author. 
either through cross-promotion, through Ossobots and whatnot. And some of the names became, were names that I recognized. And some of the names were names that I had no recognition of whatsoever. But so I'm about ready to reveal a very dirty secret. And I blame specifically KU for this, but I also blame a specific group of romance authors for this. There's a tactic called mirroring, where you take one book that's in one trope and mirror it into another subgenre. So you take a medical, you take a billionaire novel and then change certain references, certain character names and republish it as a paranormal romance. And you just make him a shifter as opposed to a billionaire. So all of a sudden you have shifters in suits. Makes no sense, but that's kind of this dirty secret. And, you know, you get author, writers, readers who say, I feel like I've read this book before. Well, you probably have. If you're thinking that you've read a book before, you probably have. It just was in a totally different trope or a, a subgenre. And I am, as a, as a fan of PNR and as a writer of PNR, I really am curious about what are your feel what are what are the readers' feelings on this? Like, do you feel cheated when you pick up a book that doesn't have world building, that doesn't have rules for this clearly fanciful world? Or are you okay with that? What's your idea what what are readers' views on this dirty little secret of mirroring where you take one book? Strip out, find and replace all the characters' names with the new characters' names. Find and replace certain key terms with the new subgenre key terms. Do it that way. I mean, is that something that's that you're okay with? Do you want books that quickly, that fast, that you're okay with that? And there's no right or wrong answer. I know, and I want to be very clear about this, I'm not passing judgment. There is no right or wrong answer. But keeping in mind that I do have a bias with this, because like I said, I'm a fan and a writer. So I'm a fan, a reader, and a writer of paranormal romance. And I personally feel cheated when a book doesn't have that world building. So how do you guys all feel? You know, are you okay with that? Because if you are, I'll screw the world building. I mean, that that takes half my time. I, I can get books out like that if I don't have to worry about Okay, well, wait a minute. Now, I created this rule for shifting. Can I change? I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know where I'm going on that one. I had a little brain fart on that. So, Cassandra is the only one participating, and she says that she feels very cheated. Yay, she needs a world building. Yay. Vote one for world building. That's really all I need is one person to say yeah to world building. Let's get back to PNR a little bit, paranormal romance. I know I said I would only be doing this for a half hour, 
and I'm really close to that mark, but I kind of want to go um, a little bit longer because I wanted to add, oh, we're going to do one more touchy subject. And I, I, again, so really there's about 10 minutes of people who aren't going to be like, I can't, I can't listen to this. Um, what happens when a book plays out in the real world? And I, I, I struggled with wanting to talk about this because of what's going on in the world right now. And I wanted to talk about, like I said, what happens when the world mimics what happens in a book. There is a book, I'm not even going to mention its title or its author. I am extremely critical of it. It's labeled as romance. I think it is not, but it is about an athlete in a um, sport that is predominantly famous for young women, young women. I think probably most everyone can put the pieces together. And if you can't, drop me an email and I'll explain it to you further. But we're going to go back to what happened at the Olympics and specifically with the Russian skater. And the reason why I didn't want to bring this up is not because the subject matter of what I'm talking about, but because it dealt with Russia and their invasion of Ukraine. And I'm sorry, we're not disputing. That's a fact. Russia invaded Ukraine. You can't spin it any other way. You can try, but no, you can't. Russia invaded Ukraine. And because of that, I didn't want to bring this up because I didn't want there to be a political side to it. I've decided, screw it, we're going to talk about it. So you have this figure skater who's 15 years old, who was fed drugs, performance-enhancing drugs, is probably going to lose whatever. I mean, her life is ruined. Her life is ruined at 15. They convinced her to... She's 15, and yes, she has agency, and yes, she is an adult, and, you know, the IOC and the Skating Association held a 13-year-old to a similar, to a much stricter standard of where she was 13 years old and she didn't pee after a competition because she was exhausted and went home because she's 13 years old. And they said, well, no, if you're competing as an adult, then you're going to be treated as an adult. And she took the whatever punishment came her way with her head held up, her head held high. But that didn't happen to this Russian skater. In fact, she was coddled because she was 15. They said certain rules didn't apply. They couldn't, you know, certain things were going on. So there was this loophole that we can take athletes who are 15, minors, and feed them a cocktail of drugs and put them through hell but it's all okay because it's in the name of sports or whatever. But this literally, the situation literally played out in this series of novels. And it, it should be known that the athletes in these novels, this athlete wasn't given um, performance enhancing drugs, but she was given birth control without her 
knowing she was given birth control. It, it, it was a, ooh, um, yeah, just even, I, I need to take a shower after talking about it. But this novel literally played out, literally played out almost scene by scene by scene during the Olympics. I mean, the only thing that was missing was the sexual, the romance, which we're going to call it romance, but it's not. The sexual aspects of it. So you have the emotional abuse. You have the um, <laughs> probably physical abuse. You have a lot going on there. We justify some of the darker work as just being fantasy. But what happens when fantasy plays itself out in the real world? Are we not ultimately responsible? Do we not have a responsibility to, to say, you know what? This is happening in the real world and this is horrible and I can't justify having this book out there anymore. So I'm going to take it down. And you're never going to have that happen because the authors who are putting those books up wouldn't even understand, wouldn't even comprehend why their work is problematic. And I hate, I really hate that word. I hate that, I hate that word, problematic. No, problematic is what a robot, you know, like I'm having problems with my software. I'm having problems with the code. Something's problematic. I hate that word, but I think it is the best word to use to describe content that is available to readers, that is supposed to be f fantasy, that is somehow romanticized, and yet it's actually playing out in the real world. And we are horrified, and we are mortified, and we think it's horrible, and yet we are consuming this content, and buying this content, and defending this content. And that's so that's my, I really do get on soapboxes on these. Um, so that's my last bit um, is I think we have a responsibility. And yeah, some of my stuff is darker. Um, one of my novels deals with, with an eating disorder. Um, I hope I deal with it well. I think I do. I deal with it from the aspect of something that she can control in her life and she has so much control and that's where it comes from is this obsessive compulsive there are different reasons for it but typically eating disorders are based on the need to control some aspect of someone's life and food is one strict way you can control that and like i said i know i deal with dark things i deal with ptsd and I kind of skated over that. And that was mostly because I felt like I couldn't do it. It didn't, Layton's PTSD didn't deserve to be put on a page because I didn't think I could do it justice. So I skated over it, which was a cheat. And I know it's a cheat. But at the same time, I also knew I wasn't going to do it right. And it wasn't fair. So, and I'm trying to think, what, well, yeah, I do. I do have some dark stuff. So I have wizards who kidnap witches and intend to kill them to steal their power. Government agencies who are swooping in to try to kidnap little kids. 
vixen who turns into a killer death machine and tortures people left and right. So it's not like I'm not, it's not like I, I think everything should be happy, happy, joy, joy, or doesn't have to have some sort of, can't have dark sides to it. It's more, I think we need to be responsible about those darker elements and how we portray them and that they shouldn't be romanticized. It goes back to the whole bullying thing I did last time. Yeah, really, this is turning to my soapbox. Probably should sh- um, name it Shifter Central Soapbox. Okay. I think, I think I'm done with my rants and my raves. And I really only talked about 10 minutes about PNR. I promise next time we will talk more about PNR, paranormal romance for people who don't know what PNR stands for. But if you're listening to this, you probably know what PNR stands for. I'm trying to think of anything else. No, I, I think I'm, I'm good. Unless Cassandra, do you have something you want to add to this discussion? Seriously, I, I, I want people to come in and participate and chat in these. And because it's not, if not, then it turns into me just lecturing. And as much as I enjoy it, it's not as fun as when there are other people around hanging out. If anybody wants to actually participate, I think I figured out a way to do this so that we can all participate and I can have multiple people. We don't have to all be in the same space. It's kind of cool. So, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, I think we're good. And maybe I'll swing in tomorrow and just talk about something else. Lighter. Not quite as dark and deep. Okay, so now I need to tell everyone... If you don't want to read the overly sense, if you don't want to um, deal with the overly sensitive subject matter, to fast forward to the twenty-minute mark, and then we'll see from there. And if you guys have a subject that you want to hear my opinion on, suggest it. I'd love to hear more. And like I said, I'd love to get more people involved more authors and more readers. And I think we could have a really fun roundtable discussion, especially with readers, if you want to do this. Okay, great. Thanks for listening. And um, I'll probably see you next month sometime. All right. Bye. Thanks for joining me, Jules Crusair, in today's episode of the Shifter Central podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others by posting about it on social media, telling your friends about it, or leaving a rating and review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you subscribe to the podcast. To join Shifter Central, visit jcrisair.com forward slash shifters. That's J-C-R-I-S-A-R-E dot com forward slash shifters. As always, you can find links and more information in the show notes. That's it for today's episode. Thanks again for listening. See you next time.